I hope your heart is stirred this morning. I, I just really believe that uh, what, was, what was happening this morning was the Holy Spirit was trying to, you know, to capture our attention. He was trying to get us to step past what we would normally do in a worship time and press in just a little bit closer to him. Uh, one thing that was really evident with the, uh, with the Old Testament, and this is the Old Testament, was the presence of God was with them. They had the whole ark built just to house his presence so he could be with them in the tabernacle and the temples. And that was precious to them. As a matter of fact, King David, King David, uh, as soon as he became king, that was the first thing he went after because the Israel had let the ark be stolen. And it went around from town to town, country to country, and caused destruction and so forth because the, it was in the wrong people's hands. But then David said, man, I'm going to get the presence of God in this place. And I thought, wow, what, a, what an amazing uh, thing. And, and then we come to the New Testament and we, we think about, uh, uh, you know, God inhabits the praises of his people. Did you praise this morning? <laughs> well, then God was here. God is here. Every time two or three come together, God is here. You know, I, I felt the even, in the, uh, I just so bore witness with what Jonathan was saying uh, about this whole thing about can we get a little bit more uncomfortable? Can we, can we let Jesus be at the head of it all? Can I really allow him to draw me in like he wants to draw me in and needs to draw me in and must draw me in so that I don't just live day after day after day? Uh, just being a, you know, a good Christian, I guess, maybe is what you'd call it. You know, I just didn't do quite so bad today. I did better today than yesterday, and I'm, I'm getting a little bit better. And, you know, um, and, and sometimes we can think that way. We just, you know, we struggle just to make it and just to, to, to try to do good, only to find out that Isaiah blows it for us and just says, you know, all of your good works are like filthy rags. They're just useless because it was never about what we could do because we could never do what we needed to do to get back into what? His presence. And, and we're living in that kind of a day where I believe that God is, uh, is, uh, is pulling us in. And as I was thinking about the book of uh, uh, Ephesians that we're studying and the, the city of Ephesus and uh, to, to kind of understand it, the city of Ephesus is now modern-day Turkey. It was, it was where the seven churches that are mentioned in the book of Revelations were around. They were in that whole area. Now today, it's modern-day Turkey. And the first century revival broke out in modern-day Turkey. But as some of you may know, they raised up uh, their own god. Many gods, but they raised up the goddess of Diana, Artemis, and, and that was a, a sexual god. It was, it was, they, they built a huge temple. It would be probably like our Statue of Liberty. And people would come into the port, and they'd, be, they'd see this huge uh, a Diana statue and, uh, and all that it represented, and then people would be around it selling little models of it to people to have for uh, so forth, and uh, totally took over Ephesus. And I wonder sometimes, you know, there were the, the, the greatest revival broke out there through those seven churches in the Asia Minor 
But today, Turkey may be the least Christianized nation in the world. I'm thinking, what went wrong? What happened there? Why did this change? How could such a, you know, seven major churches in the scriptures, seven major churches in the, in, in the scriptures are right there in that area, but today it's the least Christianized place in the world. What happened? Well, when you go and read about Ephesus in the book of Revelation chapter 2, he mentions all the churches, but about Ephesus it says, you know, you, you continue to do a lot of good things and you continue to do a lot of good, good works, you kept doing those things, and you were faithful to hold true to the Bible, and you, 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 you judged the prophets and the, and the teachers, and you, you, you did all this very well. But what it says at the end, and it could very well be why things took such a major turn here, uh, is it says, but you lost your first love. There's something about when you gathered together, you, you weren't really demonstrating that first love, even to your heavenly Father. And I thought about, I'm just, it's just been racing through my mind, and now this morning we have this little bit different type of a worship service where things are lingering out, and, and, and Jonathan brings a, a powerful message about it and challenges us to step in a little bit, a little bit closer and a little bit deeper. And I, I guess my question would be, isn't first love something that you kind of really feel and get excited about? How many would say that? You know, think about your bride. If you're married, the first when you first met her and you started getting to know her, and you know, you're thinking, you know, there was some excitement there. There was something there that brought you differently to that person. And this is what he's saying. You know, you've lost that first love. And how many know that happens in marriages sometimes? We get the day-to-day routine and, you know, the, the differences start showing up that we didn't think were there, you know. Uh, we knew they weren't there, actually. That's why we married that person. And all of a sudden, these little differences start popping up. And you just, pretty soon, you're like, who did I marry, you know? And, 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 and you start losing, if you're not careful, if you don't handle it right, you start losing that first love. And this is what he's saying to his church, I'm calling you back now to a first love. We're one of the greatest nations on the planet right now. We're the only nation that promotes Christ like there's no other nation that promotes Christ like we do. And we're doing a poor job, but there's still no other nation that promotes him like United States of America. And I wonder if he's just looking down, you know, and he even let's just be us. Let's just be us here today. What if he's looking down, wonder what he thought? about your worship? What did he think about your heart this morning? Were you able to, as it was stated, you know, forget the distractions and put everything else aside? Uh, I, I, just, I just believe that that's what God would have wanted of your heart this morning. And we had opportunity. <laughs> Jonathan, if I might say, was reeling us into this opportunity to just forget it all and allow ourselves just to be totally released. Now, to some of you, that time was awkward and you didn't know what it was about and, and you just didn't quite understand that, you know, above everything else, Jesus wants a relationship with you here and now. He wants you to know him intimately and closely. 
and, and, and it's when we drift from him, okay, when we drift from him like they did in the, in, in, in the Ephesians church, when we drift from him, we're in dangerous area then. And when things happen, we're far away from our help, far away from that intimacy with the Lord. And I just want to encourage us this morning. I think we, I think, I think we need to, to, to break, um, break down some, I, the only word I can think of, just any kind of crusty-heartedness. You know? I don't know that we're at the hard-hearted place yet. But maybe we're just a little crusty-hearted, and we just couldn't quite move in and allow ourselves to, to, to uh, lift our hands, to allow ourselves to kneel before the Lord our Maker, to allow ourselves to uh, reach out to Him in such a way that He reaches back down to you. That's when you know that you've connected, when you sense the renewing of His Spirit uh, mixing with yours. How many can say amen to that? That's when you know it. And I, I'm telling you this morning, uh, I, I, I want to feel his presence as much as know that it's there. I don't want to just know it's there. I want to feel it there. And again, we're back to that first love. You get back around that person, and, and, uh, and there's just something that sparks. And, and we shouldn't be afraid of it. We shouldn't ignore it. Uh, that's what happened to the uh, Ephesians church is they lost their first love. Last week we went through the entire chapter 1 and hopefully you remember you found out, uh, you, can, you can watch it online if you didn't get to see it, that over and over and over it kept saying what? In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. I have a covenant for you. I have blessings for you. I have favor for you. But it all revolves about how you and I are in Christ. And he wants us to be in that type of a relationship with him uh, uh, today. And so uh, I want to encourage you, begin to uh, ask yourself and begin to dig down into some of the resources of your heart and just say, Lord, have I, have I lost my first love? Have I drifted away from it? I, I want to remind us, you know, that God is building an unstoppable and unshakable church. You realize the church has been attacked more than any other organization in the entire planet for all this time, from the very beginning of time, but it's still moving forward. People are still getting saved. People are still getting transformed. People are still uh, getting uh, their lives in alignment with God and His will and His purpose. And uh, I want to remind you that the church that Jesus said that he would build is in more locations on this planet than <clears throat> McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Starbucks, uh, Walmart, and QT all put together. The church goes past that. It's everywhere around this planet. It's just you're a part of something that cannot be stopped. You're a part of something that's amazing. And when we stop to really realize that and think about it, it, it is amazing. 
It's, it's changed, the church has changed more lives. How many lives were like really a mess before you got saved and then God touched you and changed it about you? And, and, and I know there's nothing greater about somebody being really messed up, you know, versus being raised in church. I know there's nothing greater. Actually, I think that being raised in church would, is much better because you have less to deal with. But I just want to see a show of hands. How many was really messed up before God got a hold of you? Would you raise your hand really high? Come on, really high. I want to see this. So look at this. Lives change, you know? I mean, this is amazing what God has, is still doing on this planet. You know, he, uh, if he can change me and a couple of you that I do know, <laughs> he can change anybody. <laughs> and, and, and Jesus goes to the wilderness, as we know, when he came to the planet. He, he went right to the wilderness and he dealt with the work of the enemy concerning everything in life that you and I would face. He faced all the temptations and failed at none of them. The Bible calls him the last Adam. So when we got birthed into Christ through salvation, we become a part of his perfectness. And, 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 and through it all, Jesus still chose you. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the good news of the gospel. Many of us know uh, that with advertising, there's always the before and after pictures, especially for weight and health products, right? It's always that, that before that somehow they're the worst clothes they could possibly wear and <laughs> hair's messed up and everything else. And then the after, you know, they're all made up and in good clothes and happy and smiling and so forth. Uh, it's just a, a piece of advertising that they use. I, I, I'm going to try to guess here that they got this from the Apostle Paul. Because that's about what he's about to do in Ephesians chapter 2. He's about to show you what you were like. He already built us up and said, hey, this is the benefits of being in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. But now we're going to look at chapter 2, and you, you have some notes there. And, and he's going to just open the door here for uh, this before and after picture. And he's going to show us in the first few verses what we looked like, and then he's going to show us what we were made like. And then we're going to move forward and see what God's doing. Uh, and the uh, first part of your notes there is just an outline of the book. I, I love outlines myself, and so uh, it's an outline of the entire book. Uh, you, were, you were far from God, and you were then saved by grace. There's, there's two different groups mentioned in this particular chapter, uh, but they all had one common problem. Two groups, one problem. And then the last part of the chapters, which we'll be looking at, and we'll get through some of that today, not all of it, uh, the access to the Father through the Son and in the Spirit. The interesting thing I'm finding out about Ephesians is that there's this repeated uh, uh, recognition of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We saw it in chapter 1. I didn't pull it out from, uh, for you then, but we also see it clearly in chapter 2. We're going to see that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are recognized. I think that's important for us to know. So here we are now in verse, uh, uh, chapter 2 of Ephesians, in verse, uh, verse 1, and it says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and sins. He didn't say you were just sick. He said you're dead. And in some of yours translations, it, it, it might say, uh, and you he made alive. But if you notice, and in your Bible you'll find this, if it's in italics, that simply means that the, the, the translator is trying to help you understand it better. 
But if you read this without the italics or the help of the translator, it will just say, and you were dead in your trespasses and sin. The word sin there, which uh, we, we many may know, is it, it simply means that I have missed the mark. And it's an archery term. So where there's a, where there's a, a, a target there and I shoot and my arrow just doesn't quite make it. And that's what the term sin means. It's just you miss the mark. The Bible says that, uh, that all of us have sinned and do what? Fall short of the glory of God or the mark that God has for us. All of us are there in that position. And then the word trespasses is just a little bit different and worthy of note here uh, is that it means simply that you cross the line or you begin to challenge God's boundaries. In other words, sin speaks of our complete failure and how we fall short of the glory. Trespasses speaks of our rebellion. In other words, I'm tempting God. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just rebelling again. I'm just going to keep crossing that line and just see, you know, what's going to happen. And, and what we don't realize is every time we do that, it, we, we, that means we're stepping into rebellion. Uh, and I didn't write the scripture down, but the scripture says this. It says rebellion, okay, is as the sin of witchcraft. So I've basically opened the door for the demonic to now have a stronghold or a foothold or a place in my life, which is very dangerous. How many know that? Come on, that's dangerous territory. But when I walk in that rebellion, choose to challenge God and not, you know, just kind of just back off of what he has to say, uh, that's dangerous territory. Uh, and then we go to verse 2 and 3, it, it's, it, it, he'll begin to describe now what this life of death is like. What is it really about? How do I understand it? And he says this, he says, in which uh, you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of air, and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like the others. In other words, I once walked according to this course of this world. I think that's a piece of the church's problem today. I really do. I believe we've kind of tried to keep pace with how the world does things. And so how do I succeed? Well, how does the world say to succeed? Well, okay, I'll do that. Uh, or I'll lean this way, or I'll, I'll cross a line because it's really the course of this world. That's just how everybody does it. I mean, if I'm an honest salesman, I'm probably never going to make a living. Come on. You know what I'm saying? And we, we cross these lines, and we begin to fudge here and there. And, and this is what he's saying. You, don't, don't, don't cross the line. If you trust me on this side of the line, I'll show myself faithful to you. I'll always be faithful to you. And many I know in this room would say, that is so true. You know, we're tempted in so many ways. I was in sales for so many years uh, uh, before becoming a pastor. And the, the, uh, the, 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 the opportunity was always there. And I can remember the sales reps always coming in and wanting to really stretch what their product would really do or accomplish. You know? And, 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 you know, these 10-year warranties on carpet just aren't worth be. Oh, I'm sorry, Dez. Dez's warranties are guaranteed. He'll back them. 
I forgot we had a carpet guy, but that's what I was into. <laughs> he has a 10-year heavenly warranty. All right. Uh, let's move on, okay? But anyway, you know, it says you once walked according to the course of this world. And it's interesting because it's, he says this, it's according to the prince of the power of the air. So who's ruling this world? Satan is. Don't ever forget that. He is the ruler on the planet. But don't ever forget that he's not stronger than God. But the Bible does clearly say that we're wrestling against these principalities and powers and in high places and that he's the rulers of this world. So we have to be very careful because he's an angel of light and he can deceive very easily. So he's the ultimate ruler here, but he's not as great as God. He's just a counterfeit. And it'll be nice when the, 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 the church really realizes that so we can deal with him. And, and, and we can cause the authority of Christ to come through us. And so basically, uh, you can just write this verse down. We don't have it up there. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 deals with the fact that the three, three things that we wrestle with the, is the, the world, the, the flesh, and the devil. The world, the course of this world, the flesh, the things of my own desires... And then the devil. And so those are the three, three items that we would, uh, we would need to understand are there so that we can deal with them uh, properly. Now then we come down now to uh, verse 4. And, and this is a powerful verse. This is a powerful verse. I'm going to give you a couple of verses here because really uh, the first two words here, you know, in Christ was the uh, the, the, the words in the first chapter of, of Ephesians, but these two words are the words of the second chapter. They're used about 45 times in Scripture, and they repeatedly emphasize the same thing, and those two words are this. He just went through and said, this is how you are. You were dead, trespasses and sin. You were walking according to the world. You were following uh, the demonic forces, whether you knew it or not, because he's the course of this world. He's over this world. You were following the flesh of your flesh and the desires of the flesh and of your mind, and you were by nature children of wrath. But then in verse 4 is a beautiful saying. It says, but God, but God. Over 45 times in the scriptures, if you, if you Google that, you'll see what all of these but gods were about. And, 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 and what, what Paul describes in the first three ch- uh, verses here, he takes, and you can write this down, Romans chapter 1, 2, and 3. He takes three chapters to define what he just outlines in these first three verses. And it just, he just talks about the, the, the course of mankind left on his own, without God, ends up completely like really what we see happening around us today. It says that they, they, they'll totally leave their natural nature and go after this, uh, the things that are just perverted and twisted. And he just, uh, he just re- reads it out. So you can write that, that Romans chapter 1, 2, and 3. But the, I love this. But God, who's rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. Just write these verses down there. They're not up there. Uh, this is about the but God. First Psalms 49 and verse 15. And listen to what he says, David says here. But God shall redeem my soul from the power of the grave. 
He understood everlasting life. And then look at Acts chapter 7 and verse 9. But God and the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. Come on, isn't that awesome and powerful? Sold him in there. And then Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4, which we just read, but God demonstrated his love toward you and I because, he, because of his love for us, he came after us and never gave up. And I think, wow, I need to stop trying to make myself lovable to God. I simply need to learn how to receive his love. Because it's his love that will transform my life more than anything else. You know, words like grace. (laughs) You know, words like his mercy endures forever. So in other words, God's not out to get you. He's out to get you. He's after his church. He's after us. His desire and his passion. He's so moved that he's done everything that could possibly be done in order to save you, in order to transform your life, in order to allow you to step into a place of worshiping him and being in his presence in such a real way that you literally begin to feel it your spirit begins to connect, you know, uh, with his spirit. And you're not walking around wondering about God anymore. You're not walking around, you know, with your head hung down. But you're walking around filled with the touch of your heavenly father. And that's the message we heard today in our worship times. Will you just come near to me? Will you just try to please forget everything? For just a few moments. And let your heart be touched. And again, keeping in mind, we're studying Ephesians. And the challenge for Ephesus was they lost that first love. They lost the first love. So my question to all of us this morning, and and I just feel, again, it just went right along with what the Holy Spirit's saying. How do you feel that your love for God is, is it that first love or has it drifted off? And again, I, to me, if I can just be honest with you, okay, just be transparent with you here. It has a lot to do with we have an opportunity to worship God. How did I do? How did I do this morning at this opportunity to worship our Heavenly Father? Was I moved or did I allow myself to get too distracted? You know, I know I've been challenged for years about not doing too much myself, even on Saturday nights, to where I stay up. I wouldn't do it one or two or three in the morning, doing whatever I'm doing. So by the time I get up on Sunday morning, I'm not really awake. I'm just, I'm just, I made it here because I'm committed. Of course, you know me, I'm committed. But yet, getting here, I was too tired to extend myself out in worship. There's a message here this morning. For all of us, I think he's reeling us in. He's pulling us into this place. Uh, As it was said, 
the, the, the answers for whatever your challenge is or will be is in Christ. And you don't have to earn them. He, doesn't, he didn't ask you, hey, come and earn these things. But what he said was, come before his presence. Be energized by it. And then let him release through you the power and the authority. You know, I, I, I uh, woke up early this morning and just trying to wrap my head around what the Lord wanted to say today. And, um, and it came together with what Jonathan ignited. Um, but I did have a question. I said, God, how long? How long until you're really going to move like we know that you can move? And after thinking about that for a bit, I thought, you know, I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship until he does move. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to have his Holy Spirit move in such a way. Because guess what? He put his power inside of every one of you. Every one of you has the authority and the power of Christ working in you. We'll get to that later. It's, a, it's exciting. It's amazing. We didn't get there this morning, but we'll get there through the book of Ephesians. It's like, wow, if we can capture this, guess who then will change the atmosphere, not only of this gathering, but of the gathering wherever we end up. Like Patricia said, where do I go? How many are ready to see, honestly, more of God's hand move? I mean, I really am. I am hungry for that. Why? Because I believe in that. I've seen it happen. I've watched it happen. But we've been through a long season, and I felt like this long season was more to get his church ready than anything else. So I hope we're getting ready. Amen? Will you stand to your feet? this morning and it's not planned now but I want us to soak for just a moment in the presence of God his seed, his word was just delivered and now I want that to sink in I, I, I don't want you to come back next week the same as you left today I don't want me to come back the same way I don't want to live a week without him I don't want to live another week without seeing his power move and released in me and then what? Through me. There's healing in the land, right? Come on, there's, there's salvation in the land. There's power in the land. There's might in the land. There's all the things that you and I hope for, dream for, have read about, have talked about, have seen sprinkles of is in the land today. And it's going to come through us if we just position ourselves to do it. So let's just take a moment and just whatever Jonathan comes up with. Go ahead and drop the lights for just a, just a couple minutes. Just a couple more minutes, folks.
somebody pray for somebody right next to you there somebody this is next to you if you're at home just lay hands on your own heart if you're by yourself if not just lay hands on the person with you and Lord I release blessing today your word said if we laid hands God that it would release the anointing and the presence and the power of God in a unique and a mighty way Father, we choose to believe your word. And as we lay hands on that person next to us, Father, I pray an impartation to take place and a release of something inside to take place like never before. And we'd step into a new arena of uh, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the love of God would be released. And Lord, we thank you for that. Just bless that person right now. In Jesus' name. Now turn around and you pray for the one that just prayed for you. Father, we pray for that person. Let the quickened spirit of God be released. Let the power of God come forth. Father, we're believing that something's going to explode inside of that person that's going to set them in a new position and place with you, Father. You said that we are already seated in heavenly places. We want to see it, God. We want to see it like never before. I want to see it greater than ever before. Let the Spirit of God be released. Let the Spirit of God be released right now, Father, for healing, God, for strengthening, for encouragement, for fullness of the Holy Spirit. Father, for the gifts of faith and the gift of the word of wisdom and word of knowledge, the gifts to be stirred up and released in that person. Father, we are believing for that, and we're knocking, knocking, knocking on your door till we see it happen, God. We refuse to give up on your word. We refuse to give up on your word. But we, God, we ignited in that person next to us today. It's going to be a mighty change and a transformation take place today because your faith is being released into another person. Jesus, I love, I love. 
I love your presence, oh, I love, I love, I love your presence, I love, I love, oh, I love you, Jesus, I love, I Father, I pray just your favor and blessing go before us wherever we go this week. We'll notice, recognize, release the very mighty love and power and presence of God in all that we do. And God, for all of those, God, watching online, same prayer, same anointing to be upon them, Father. We thank you and we bless you today for your mighty presence in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,